0: 18 years of trying, 18 years of frustration, Alicia Spargaro wins a MotoGP race. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. No, this is not some draconian nightmare. That really did just happen. Aprilia just won a MotoGP race with the man who had gone on a 199 race winless streak until now. I'm Dre Harrison. Welcome to episode 351 of Motorsport 101. And the room is quiet here, mostly because we are still in shock of what we have just witnessed in MotoGP's Argentina Grand Prix. Apart from one man, which I'll get to in a minute, but wow. Fantastic <laughs> weekend of racing in Argentina. MotoGP back in a weekend that almost didn't happen, amazingly. So we've barely even touched on the fact that this weekend barely didn't happen. So let's go around the horn real quick. So, King, how was your weekend looking at Flight Radar 24?
1: Oh, <laughs> oh. it was certainly just me looking, hoping, praying. <laughs> Screaming at the top of my lungs, Brad Binder pass some <laughs> fucking <advice>. bikes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we forgot, we forgot that uh, Binder had a genuine chance of taking the world championship lead this weekend, but couldn't quite get through that second group of riders that we had in the middle of that race. But uh, we were so close to ultra happy king with a KTM leading the world championship. Instead, the factory beneath them did it, because of course they did. Oh RJ, how's it going, buddy?
2: I thought the reason we were all silent was because we all remember the World Cup draw, and we thought, hold up, hold up. USA and England are playing each other again, and we get a Ron who's good, <laughs> and whoever wins Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine.
0: <laughs> the, the the British tabloid press are going to have a field day with this one, and I don't mean that in no good way. <laughs> We am just ready teasing to win another <laughs>
2: uh, fiercely contested one-to-one matchup.
0: <laughs> we're already planning the festival live stream for charity in, in case we in case we have to have a civil war between the Motorsport 101. Hosts. Well, mostly the Americans versus me, but hey, here we are. King's basically an honorary Englishman anyway. He counts, right? Right? No? Okay. <laughs> um, maybe... Maybe not. We, we could try. Um, and finally, <laughs> he may or may not have called this. Back in our season preview, he did say that he thought a prettier would win a race. We didn't believe him. So now introducing once again into the room, Cameron Smugly, ladies and gentlemen, and friends outside the binary. Cam, how's it going?
3: Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're all far too kind. Um, I'm just in my <laughs> smug corner helicoptering violently. <laughs> I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell y'all. You didn't want to hear it. It was a step too far. Well, um,
0: step to this ratio. I hate it. I hate how smug he is over this. I can't believe he got another preseason prediction on the nose and we're only three rounds in. This, is, this season is bonkers. It is stupid and I love it so how did we get to the point where elias wagnero not only won his first ever career race but is now leading the world championship by eight this is this Dre, is an incredible I think it has something situation.
3: to do I, I think i think it has something to do with the butterfly effect which of course was kicked off when dirty ian pissed hot of, of course
0: of course All right andre ianoni is getting a big thank you hamper basket you know, all the assorted meat and sandwich products and maybe some free plastic surgery. It's it's a good time. We'll be talking all about the Aprilia win and what it means for the sport in general. We'll be talking a lot about Ducati because uh, oh, that factory is an even hotter mess than we thought it was two rounds ago somehow. No, really, it is. You have to trust me on this one. We'll be talking a little bit about Mark Marquez and what we know about his developer situation since our last recording in Indonesia a fortnight ago. And we'll be just talking about the fact that, man, we've missed Argentina. It was fun in general. So all of that in the next 40 minutes or so. But... In the place time easy, you can find us real quick. We're on YouTube and Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on our website, motorsport101.com. If you want some more thoughts on Argentina after that, check out my blog on there as well. And our Patreon is on there as well, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. And you can also follow us on Instagram as well for updates of all our content up there as well, at Motorsport101pod. Personal handles for our Twitter, at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at Cam Buckley, C Buckley 917 I should say. Follow him on there so he can be extra smug. Um, So, without further ado, let's get into MotoGP in Argentina. So, almost out of nowhere, apart from the prediction hive mind of Cam Buckley. It wasn't just an Aspargaro win. He pretty much dominated the entire weekend. One from pole, fastest lap of the race. Um, Took off with about eight to go. Couldn't be stopped, really. Um, it was a f- great fight with um, Ducati's Jorge Martín the- for the Pramac team. Went all the way to the end. Um, Martín less than a second, uh, but back over the line in the end with Rins on the podium as well. Fun fact, three races, nine different podium sitters so far this season. Amazing scenes. Um, and of course, this was on the Leicester's 200th Grand Prix start. So gentlemen, what did you make of the Shocker Leic win? And just what does it mean for the sport as a whole?
2: This is vindication for a rider that's been working his ass off to get another chance at a Grand Prix victory, Uh, because he started back in 2004, but I first got to know him back around 2013 when I started watching MotoGP again. Uh, You remember the days of the Claiming Rules team class, which was basically like MotoGP's equivalent of attaching Formula 2 to Formula 1 to pad out the grid? Well, Alege yeah. was the king of that subclass, and at times, he was he was out there just straight up embarrassing, like, for instance, the factory Ducatis. My, time is a flat circle on quite a number <laughs> of occasions. But then he moves up to Suzuki in 2015. He spends two years there, and I know they're a work in progress, but he doesn't really make the most of his chance. He is replaced by Andrea Iannotti, and we know how that ended up. He moves mm. to Aprilia. He builds up this team. And then Maverick Vinales, the same man that was his teammate at Suzuki, won races while he couldn't even get on the podium. And you're just thinking, oh, my God, is this going to happen again? Aprilia is going to build a good bike. Is Lace Sparrow finally going to make the most of an opportunity? I am so glad we didn't kill this dumb narrative because he can get it done on a competitive bike. He did get it done on a competitive bike. Once he broke Jorge Martin, it was over. Yeah,
0: but in front, didn't look back. I mean... Cam, have you stopped spinning yet down there?
3: <sighs> uh, I, think, I think I'm think i coming down right about now. Uh, <laughs> Aprilia won a fucking race, ladies and gentlemen. Friends of the non-binary. <laughs> and they didn't just win this race on shenanigans. This is how bad Aprilia has been in this sport. That even with just copious, copious shenanigans... Mm. They have yet to win a race. They've barely even gotten any podiums. Yet this weekend, they not only won the race, but arguably dominated the weekend. Yeah. They had the fastest bike all weekend. They got pole with Alesh. And then despite uh, Martin jumping him off the line, he could never get away. And once the Ducati does what a Ducati does and murders its tires, Alesh <laughs> ran him down
0: caught him, passed him, and never looked back. It's it, it it's a marquee moment. I mean, again, like to put it into perspective, as, as King pointed out just before we started recording, this is only the third time LH has even been on the podium ever in his Grand Prix career. The other two was Aragon in 2014 and then that flag-to-flag thriller. And uh, Silverstone just last year. And that in itself was Aprilia's first podium in 20 years. Like, you, you got to go back to Jeremy <laughs> McWilliams in the 500cc you have to go year. Back.
3: I say, you have to go back to when we were running two strokes for yeah. Aprilia to have had
0: any brush. Mere brush was success Oh yeah, in this like, This was... Yeah, this was, this this is, uh, it, really, it would be almost unfair to say it came out of nowhere because this is a man that has worked very, very hard. and Aprilia put all their eggs in their basket with Alicia Spargaro and they pushed out a lot of dudes around him. He was the constant and he's worked very, very hard. They made a big breakthrough last year. They were definitely way more competitive last season, um, compared to their previous years in Moto GP. I go back to the days when we had Sam Lowe's and Marco Melandri and Stefan Bradl and Alvaro Bautista. It's it, like they had good talent on this team many, many times. I was but... say, they, uh, flashback
3: only, you know, three, four years ago to Scott Redding describing it as a turd that you can only polish
0: so much. <laughs> We've come a long way, everybody. Please. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've come a long way. But look, it's—I know there's been a lot of cynicism regarding Aspargaro's win because I know a lot of people don't like him. I know a lot of people have used him basically as a shield for rider politics, and you know, better guys maybe not getting the same level of of, of rope that uh, you know other guys have come and gone in MotoGP GP. Look, this is the validation that we've all needed for MotoGP this is the proof that the sport is in as healthy and as prosperous a position as it's ever been everything Dorna has done in the last half decade to improve the competitive balance of MotoGP has worked to perfection in the last 2 years Dre, every you know, every manufacturer want to go and
3: drop that track for me how many new winners have we had in the sport since 2019
0: 11. We've had 11 first-time winners since 2019. We only had 10 the previous decade before it. This, like, at is the 15th different winner we've had in the last 31 races. This is how far this sport has come. I know some people are going to dislike the randomness of it, and, of course, we, we wax lyrical about the alien era, but it hid a very dirty secret, and that's that only four bikes in this sport could win. For a very, very long time. And yeah, if, the top if you were not on a Honda. G- <laughs> yeah. Mm.
3: If, if you were not on a movie star Yamaha or a Repsol Honda, why are you even here?
2: Fill out the grid.
3: Right.
0: And yeah. that grid was barely like,
3: filled out to that to that effect.
0: Yeah. The top heaviness of MotoGP GP in the two thousands is what almost killed it. Like it almost didn't survive yeah. the credit crunches. Why we had the CRT rules to begin with. Everybody is now won in the last two years. A prettier is one second place away from coming off the concession system altogether, and the system basically becomes obsolete for the time being.
3: Yeah, everyone yeah, can they, now in win a single a race. Of races. In, a, in a single race, they almost overturned their concessions.
0: Yeah, it's the concession system is now almost obsolete because everybody can now win, unless you're LCR Honda. But but besides that, oh. this is every. This is oh. everything great about MotoGP at the moment. Anybody can win. The sport is no longer an old boys club of the aliens at the front of the field. We can go into the weekend not knowing what's going to happen. And I'm sorry, I find that massively entertaining. I love it. This is what we've always wanted from this sport. We didn't want the same four dudes challenging for wins every week, I I mean, this is the one of the wish this they could
3: and have. This well into well, that put to that point, RJ, it's, they've done it with through the concession system. They've done it without without the disillusion of it being the pinnacle of motorcycle racing. These bikes are three hundred and twenty plus horsepower, mm. pure prototypes that are at the very limit of what is physically possible on a motorcycle. The whole time they're out on a track. And yet, through the concession system, and through mm. a lot of hard work, because, you know, Aprilia basically reset this bike two years ago, and Aleish has poured basically the entire, se- the entire latter stage of his career into developing a winning mm. Aprilia through this team. And through the concession system, and through technical regulations that let you build something different, but it will get to about the same point as everyone else. We've got a field of unique bikes and unique manufacturers that put their own spin on these uh, on these technical regulations,
2: and they all basically end up in the same place. Uh, unless you're LCR Honda. Yes, we can jump into uh, on the subject of Alacia Spargrove riding it back to 2013 and embarrassing the factory Ducatis. Um,
0: let's uh, talk about it.
2: Jorge Martín led most of the race and finished in second. Uh, Francesco Bagnaia finished fifth, which you wouldn't think is terrible, but he qualified 14th and failed to make it out of Q1. And then Jack Miller failed to pass a single rider on the day and finished 14th. Uh, King, how much your tr- Trouble or Ducati in after three races? Um, I'm just going to read what I put in my notes. <laughs> Whoever decided to put uh,
1: last season's engine in the factory Ducati, uh, they're, I'm not going to point any fingers at anyone. I'm not going to name names, but they're an idiot.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I can cannot watch. emphasize mm. this enough. Mm. Bruh. Ducati's Big factory bruh. team is arguably their worst
2: team. I don't think it's
3: arguable. Maybe not is so even much in the, the ve- race, because mm. I mean... But, I mean, I think that speaks more to the quality of Pecco Bagnaia than what's gone. Because they 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 stink. Luca Marini was on the front row. Jorge Martin, on the full 2022 bike, fought for that win to the death. And mm. ultimately lost to a bike that, lo and behold, isn't quite as quick in a straight line but is better literally everywhere else. It's almost like Ducati mm.
0: didn't need more
3: horsepower in their motorcycle.
0: A story as old as time. Ducati adds more power when it didn't need to. I mean, it's it's. with three rounds in Francesco Bagnaia, who was the bookies favorite for the world title going into this season is did already 33 points the off the lead. Yeah, I almost did. And he's 33 points behind Alicia Spargaro in the championship right now.
3: At like, three he rounds.
0: has, I think, I think he has one less point. I think he has one point more than Mark Marquez.
3: Who's been around for one Mark Marquez ride. is uh, watching, he, he's watching multiple feeds from within his eyes at home on the couch.
0: <laughs> Shit's yeah, bad. It's uh, it's, it, it's bad. Y- you know you know it's bad when Bagnia is given the most classic of Italian hand gestures when he's frustrated about the traffic and qualifying, because he knows his weekend is going to shit. I have not seen, and I'm glad Lewis pointed this out on commentary as well, um, that I've not seen Bagnia that flustered since he's been in the top flight. No, that visibly is... frustrated at how things are going at Chicati right now. It's and his Jack body Miller,
3: language. Whoo, his body language oh, yeah. tells it all. Uh, Jack Miller was Jack Miller. Um, he, I don't no know. Way. Do we want to? Do we want to walk through that door into Jackass? Because right now, I I don't think it's such a good idea.
2: Whoa now, whoa now! It's just been proven over the weekend that Johnny Knott'sville is one of the greatest WrestleMania performers of all time, <laughs> and to and to compare <laughs> him, and to compare Jack Miller to Johnny Knott'sville, this stage would be a travesty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah, um, look, Jack. Jack was is... very honest on Twitter. Yeah, where, where he basically said he it's the first time he can ever remember in a Grand Prix that he didn't pass anybody in a in, over a course across the course of the entire race. Mm-hmm.
3: Look, not a crumb. The, this is very far from the. Uh, this bike is. Here's the problem when you revert something on one of these bikes in these. This concession era, where in this case, Ducati does not have concessions. When you design an electronics package with a chassis of a bike, with an engine of a bike, it's all supposed to work as one harmonious system. And when you, I don't know, King, return to maybe last year's engine, suddenly that system isn't really working together anymore. Mm. And the bike just doesn't work. It, it's not all that fast. It's still bad at all the things that the Ducati is bad at. And unlike last year's bike, which at the very least was very rider friendly, you could put someone on it and they could get 90, 98% of what it could do pretty much right off the bat. This bike just seems to swing wildly in and out of its
0: operating window. I, I don't get it. And 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 Ambaniar has got to take some level of accountability here because I think it was ultimately his call to, to go back to this hybrid. Oh, this, no, the guy, hybrid guy from Zikadi's called
3: that bullshit. <laughs>
0: I, I don't I don't know if I believe. Did he or really?
2: Not. <laughs> <laughs> Last, year's th- in... Last year's bike was but, fine. Last year's bike is fine. already won on it. Luca Marini and Marco Posecchi both beat Jack Miller. How are you getting clapped by yeah. the by the ghost of Aventia and you're the factory team? <laughs> <laughs> Jorge Martin, Jorge Martin, Jorge Martin right now is the best Ducati rider by a mile of stretch right now. It's not. Even I was going to say we haven't.
3: Yeah, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Johan Zarco because really there's not much to mention. He's he on uh, he's on how many points this year? Not many. Not enough.
0: Not many. Well, I mean, these were the first points that uh, Jorge
3: Martin put up because he crashed out of the first two races.
0: And it was taken out by Banaya in the first one. Like, it's all. um, Like, what about is good right now? Like, Um, everybody's taking punches to the nose. Yeah, the engine's still They're- good. But every <laughs> rider they've got has taken a punch to the nose already this season. Oh like like the one bright spot was Bastianini winning in Qatar, but then again you've got to think, well, if last year's bike is still winning here, um what does it say about the 2022 bike? Um what the hell went wrong in this development process? Is is what I'm gonna be thinking here, because a coat is coming up next, and that is typically a stronger round for Jacati. So, you know, f- f- well, the have problem really is here, it's anyway. typically
3: a stronger round for someone else who we'll get to in a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, immutably we'll, we'll strong. Very, very shortly. But, uh, yeah, Chicati in in a in a hot mess. But shout out to Marco Bezecchi, by the way. Started nineteenth, finished in ninth. Good work, son. Um, good from him. Good from the Mooney VR Forty Six team in general. Good to see them. They're also coming into play as well. But uh, oh boy, uh, the factory team not good at all and uh, they're locked into the engine for the rest of the season, may I remind you, so it's not going to get any better easily for them, they've got to figure it out around this package, which right now is looking like an anchor, a 330 horsepower anchor, but an anchor nonetheless Um, so uh, good luck with that. The very
3: definition of I'm giving her all she's got, Captain
0: And that's all they have, uh, but yeah, you know, not ideal. But hey, at least Martin wanted a, it's proof that the twenty two bike does work. That, that, that's cool, right? Yeah, shame you that know. Uh,
3: you know the factory turned down their own work.
0: Weird, weird vibes in Ducati. Someone is getting fired before the summer break, and I don't know who. And it's going to be fascinating to see what happens next. Speaking of fascinating things to talk about, I mean, we got the full, I mean, given it was WrestleMania this weekend, we got the full champion holds belt while at home watching race on giant TV screen meme of Mark Marquez watching this weekend from home while also hitting up the gym. A lot of references made to the fact that Mark Marquez wasn't here. For those guys who didn't see our Indonesia review, he was diagnosed with a concussion, but as he flew back from Indonesia a couple of weeks ago, he was diagnosed with a relapse of his Diplopia that uh, was putting him out at the end of last season early. There are rumors swirling that he may race in Austin this weekend. We're recording this on Monday night. There's been no official statement from Repsol Honda yet. Um, we'll probably know in the next 36 hours, I reckon, whether Marquez will fly out to Austin or not. It is around. He's won out, I want to say, seven times. Um, so it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a race against the clock to see if Marquez is fit in time. But there's been a lot of fair concerns about the man's future and whether he should even be racing at all. Is this too soon? You know, is this a guy that can even race at what he's, you know, his full potential now post injury? So I wanted to ask you, fellas, because we didn't talk about it in too much detail, but now we know more. How concerned are you over Marquez's future, and should he even perhaps change his approach to racing in general? i'm just gonna be blunt here don't know i don't know the
1: the severity of of his diplopia we're just making assumptions on how bad his injury is like for the most part uh the only people who honestly know are mark marquez and the uh trained medical professionals uh, taking care of him and helping him recover But but we know better than the doctors,
0: right?
3: (laughs) uh, Clearly, all these people who have uh, never ridden a Honda Super Cub, let alone an RC213V, know better. Um, By all accounts, according to Mark and his doctor, this is nowhere near as severe as the injury from last year or the injury suffered in Moto2 a little over a decade ago. (laughs) So hopefully you should be back within the fortnight. Look... Mark Marquez is Mark Marquez is Mark Marquez. And you know why Mark Marquez is Mark Marquez? Because he, more than anyone else that I have ever witnessed in all of motorsport, is willing to go beyond. Beyond his own limits, the limits of the bike that he subjugates into the ground to get lap time (laughs) from. And he obtains speed that no one else can do. He's won. So he's won eight championships out of doing so. He's brought dominant championships to bikes that had no right to achieve those championships. And that's not going to change. It's Mm. not going to change for him. Obviously I think, he has to adapt to this new bike that is different to what he's been used to. And that's kind of the operative problem here is he just doesn't have a lot of time on this new, very different 213V. Mm. But he's not going to change because that's not who Mark Marquez is. Um, He is going to go out there and he is going to put everything he is as a motorcycle rider out on the track. And if you think that being smoother is going to... Stop him having these crashes. First of all, Michelin should bring a competent tire, but I'm not going to start on that because if I start again, I'm not going to stop.
0: I pulled <laughs> a Oh
3: lord, he 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 straight up did not have a good time, despite having a very good qualifying and early. It was looking so race. good until
0: it wasn't.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: um, at least he got a kind of a, a nice moment embracing his brother in the paddock after the win. That's
2: good. That was nice. But look,
3: how many shots do we have? Of um this guy named Lorenzo, who is the smoothest rider we'll probably ever see.
2: Jorge Lorenzo, I'm swear, in his rookie year, had about twelve different accidents that looked that either looked or sounded like they were life threatening.
3: Yeah, dude, we have and more shots of him flying through the air than you should of another human being. And he's as smooth a rider as we're ever gonna see. It's just really a shame that the crash that Mark had, um, which triggered this uh, this uh, extra bout of uh, Diplopia, he landed on his dome. And no matter what, if you go flying off a motorcycle about 110 miles per
2: hour and you land on your head, it's going to do some damage. He's yeah. been so unlucky the last couple of years. And I, and I hate it because I, I really do feel like yeah, it's nice that we're getting some new champions, but I feel like the sport as a whole is better with Mark.
0: Oh, oh! in my opinion, no doubt. They're, the man is box office. The, like, he, I he could watch done- him
3: lap alone on a track for hours and would be yeah. just as entertained.
0: He is, for me, the greatest freak athlete I've ever seen in motorsport, and I've said this numerous times um, in my years on this show and beyond, that He's a very, very special talent. And look, I completely understand the concerns that people have made on social media and other places. We are a more empathetic audience than we ever have been regarding motorsport and athletes in general, and that's a good thing. That's absolutely a good thing. Though, it's It's valid to ask questions, and it's been understandable given that given how Marquez rides a bike, given that yes, he has had an above average share of crashes in his career. But to echo Cam's point, this is this is the this is this is who he is. This is the racist. As Valentino Rossi would say. This his is his entire
3: not... his method the method in his madness is to find the limit and then he find the line of where the limit is and then play jump rope with it.
0: Yeah. He He has, more than anyone I've ever seen in motorsport, be comfortable over the limit. And that's what makes him who he is. And that's never going to change because if he stops doing that, he's not going to be Mark Marquez anymore. Like, I I don't care what you want to tell me about 2016, for example, and how he stopped crashing and magically won a title. He, He was still on a not particularly competitive Honda, and he still found a way to win. Like, this is who he is. He has won eight world champions, won 85 Grand Prix. I think only three men in history have won more than him. He's probably the second greatest rider of all time if he retires tomorrow. Right? This is a once in a lifetime talent. And Murdo GP has been blessed to have arguably three or four of those in the last 20 years. Right? But it also. I don't want to gloss over the fact that this is a sport that is one of the most dangerous in the world still and it is paved with the blood of people that have tried going over the limit because that's what racers do that that if you if you're mad enough it's what you're paid to do if you're mad enough to get on a 300-horsepower motorcycle, if that's your life's goal, if that's your dream from the time you're a child, you're leaving the conversation about rationality behind some time ago. And that's how we get to this point. Look, and Dre, you're
3: throwing your leg over a couple hundred-pound vehicle that has the power-to-weight ratio that would laugh in the face of any supercar you can buy today.
0: by three. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what we're talking about here. By by a factor of three, you know, these bikes have roughly two thousand brake horsepower per ton now. This is what we're dealing with, and the only way we're going to find out whether Mark can ride with this condition or not is if he tries. And. If, if it comes down to where he has a crash and he lands on his head and, the, and it comes up again, then yeah, maybe we'll have to have conversations about it. But we didn't know what happened in that training crash that caused his first bout of this in the first place. We will never know because it was a training accident. We know that, like, honestly, Marquez was lucky to walk away from Indonesia with just a concussion and double vision because that was one of the most sickening high sides ever seen on film, quite frankly. So, you know, this is who Marquez is this is what the sport is. And the only way we're ever going to find out is if he tries. And that's just something we're going to have to accept. And I don't know what his medical condition is. I, I don't think anybody really does accept him and his doctors. And again, like I get why people care. I get why people are concerned. They're not invalid takes to have. They're absolutely not. They're absolutely fair questions to ask, but we're dealing with Moto GP here, and if you're watching this sport and if you appreciate this sport deep down, I think you know that. At least I'd like to think that we all know that. Oh, hope my fingers crossed. He's hopefully whenever it is, he's back. I, I mean, I'd be lying as a Marquez fan if I didn't want to see him back in Austin. But whenever it is, I hope he's back on a bike soon and healthy, first and foremost, gentlemen. Before we get out of here, as well, I mean. First race in Argentina in three years, and uh, you know, this was a... Uh, it, it, it's been missed. Is, is that fair to say all around that it's been missed? Because Absolutely. I've missed Argentina. What a track. And am- what a and place.
2: amazingly, it almost didn't happen at all because of an issue getting the freight over to the track in the first place.
3: Yeah. Yep. Shipping troubles. Yeah. One of the planes that
1: was scheduled to fly the freight from Indonesia out to Argentina got... Uh, grounded during a technical stop in uh, Mombasa in Kenya and the, the parts needed to repair it need to get shipped out from Europe and the Middle East and that took uh, a number of days and the plane didn't arrive until what
0: Friday yeah Friday night. I think it was Friday 3 a.m. So we only had a two-day weekend, effectively. But everybody loved it. Like, the, like, the riders stuck around. They had what they called a fan experience day. They all used the main stage. They mingled with fans. They played some golf. They did keep you uppy in the park. Everybody just embraced it and made the most of the extra day. And um, the racing on Saturday was hectic, but I'd be okay with more two-day weekends going forward, personally. Oh, yep, some so yeah. the riders
1: disagree with you in terms of Track breaths
3: <laughs> Don't care. Uh, um. thoughts, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> no, no, I enjoyed. But, the, I enjoyed the format a lot. It uh, kind of made it a little easier to follow everything around. You know, work schedules. Happy oh, accidents. Yeah.
0: Happy accidents. I mean, just in general, for me personally. Fantastic weekend of racing. This was just an all round brilliant weekend. A fascinating Moto GP tactical race that went to the I'd final. All three lap. races were excellent. Yeah, Moto 2 was great fights up and down the field. Like, Somkiat Chantra is real, everybody. Indonesia was no fluke. This man can ride Dude, a bike.
3: Ayagura <laughs> versus Aaron Canna. One of, I would say high up on my list for a fight of the year.
0: Oh, great fight. Fantastic fight. Ayagura's last corner pass on Canet was absolutely sublime. Inch perfect block pass into the final. That's, it, that's on my Scotty mm-hmm. list. Oh, so oh, that was that was a that was a Scotty nomination worthy, I think. Um that was a beautiful fight between them. And uh, shout out to Fermin Albagar, who had a very unlucky clash in that Moto 2 race with uh, with the eventual winner, Sestina Vietti um Aldegaard 16 years old he, in fact he just turned 17 in the UK 49 minutes ago happy birthday firm, and he's 17 today um dominated the entire weekend until, until the race itself qualified on pole <laughs> broke the all-time lap record in Sunday warm-ups and was second racing against Vietti until Vietti cuts him across on the final corner and um the world basically did an F5 off his own motorcycle. It was, it was, it was as if Brock Lesnar was underneath him. It wasn't pretty. Uh, good, he's it was right.
3: uh, It was not good. Not, well,
0: not good right. but just just that, but uh, even in Moto3, fantastic last lap flight as well between Dennis Fogia and Sergio Garcia. Oh, great, great stuff there as well. This is just, I mean, King, you summed it up best. This is just such a great track, isn't it? <sighs>
1: Now, like in terms of a track built this century, especially one not designed by Herman Tilke, this is a great place. Uh, the rate it always promotes close racing. There, are, what two clear overtaking zones on this track, and it's you can you can have some really fun races. Like if you've seen any of the Argentine, like the Argentine touring cars when they race here, well, stock they're cars, good. they're good here. Like hey, this is a, just a great race track.
2: You, hold on! Are
1: it, you suggesting
2: that we become a Turismo Carretera podcast? Oh my god! I, you
3: know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, yeah, th- this track is great. I mean, I what? Like what I, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got great scenery, um, and I think one of the best things about it is that you can you can pass here, but you can also defend. Oh yeah! It's not just a foregone conclusion that you can pass someone, but it's also mm. not hard to follow.
0: No, it's just it's it strikes just a perfect all, balance. Mm-hmm. It's just an all-round wonderful track. It really is great scenery, great location, great fans as well. They were they were fantastic all weekend long. Um, great atmosphere. Just all-round one of the best tracks we go to in Alpha Motor GP. It has been badly missed for the last 3 years and glad the fire uh, the, the fires come and gone and they were back on the calendar because it, it is fantastic. It's right in the perfect slot. Early doors in the calendar, um, over early early April. All, gra- all round great stuff. A fantastic track. Fantastic weekend of racing. Just everything great about MotoGP across the board in one weekend. you love to see it. MotoGP is back, as you could probably have guessed from earlier in the show, this weekend at the Circuit of the Americas in Texas. Alright, to formally call it Marquez Land. Will he race there? No, no, well, no. no, we'll no that's the that's oh, Saxon ring. Well, <laughs> Marquez land too. You know, if Disneyland can expand, so can so can Marquez, right? Yes, Marquez
1: um, land west. <laughs>
0: Excuse oh, me, I, b-
2: I believe that is uh, that is seven trophies over Marquez.
0: <laughs> Brilliant stuff, but yeah, MotoGP GP back this weekend at the circuit in the Americas in Austin, Texas. Dear Moto Free Paddock, please behave this time, just. I'm begging you I am on my knees please and thank you but uh yeah um arguably our most stacked weekend of the year is this weekend as well we've got a little bit of space to record them but expect podcasts on Formula One in Australia this weekend we're back at Albert Park now we've added four RS that's a thing now I, I never thought we'd see the day, but we have four, four? DRS zones in Australia. That's going to be funny um, to watch in, in, in real time. We've got MotoGP in Texas. We have IndyCar this weekend at Long Beach as well. Um, oh, boy, that's going to be fun as well. If, if Colton Hurt is anything like last year, that's going to be great. And uh, we got Formula E. we to need because... to be to
3: salvage something for Andretti this year. <laughs> oh.
0: God, yeah, and uh, Formula E, um, and as, as as the football team would say, it's coming to Rome um, for two races at Rome this weekend as well. For those British fans out there, Channel 4's YouTube page—it's not going to be on Channel Four. Just a, just a warning, just a heads up for us Brits out there, um, if you're listening in. Uh, yeah, keep an eye on the YouTube channel. But uh, yeah, super busy weekend. Going to be going to be a whole heap of motorsport. Looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out in the end. But you can find us one more time on youtube.com forward slash motorsport 101 facebook same url twitter at motorsport underscore 101 our personal handles at harrison 101 hd at ryan eric king at c buckley 917 no it's not spelled smug um and at rj o'connell our instagram at motorsport 101 pod and our website with all the details and more motorsport101.com if you want some more thoughts on argentina check out the blog section as well well. Might be a video up by the time this goes out as well on that race as well, because uh, Alicia Spagaro makes me want to write things, and that's fun. But until then, we'll be back for MotoGP in Texas. And until then, yeah, on his 200th start, Alicia Spagaro was never meant to win a MotoGP race. Until he did. Sayonara. Mm. there y'all. Bye.
3: I'm out here making predictions. Who do you think you are? I am!